Hello, welcome to the Thoughts for Free podcast. We are joined today with Sam. Hello. Would you like to say how you're doing today, Sam? Hello, everyone. I'm doing well. Mm. You might not know me, but I am the Thoughts for Free co-creator. Yeah. This episode is sponsored by Sam. Yeah, I guess. I mean, there you go. Yeah. What your presence? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is cool. It's cool to have you on finally because it is our project it and is. we haven't collaborated yet. I suppose, yeah, not really. I mean, it's kind of. I suppose you asked me to help out in any ways that I wanted to when it first started off, and I kind of. I've been doing a few things on the side that we can bring up towards the end or anything, cool. the website and such. Yeah, but the website is kind of the biggest thing that I, I haven't really touched. Yeah, well, I mean, well, that's okay. I mean, I, I, we haven't actually kind of, you know, made it public yet, technically, apart from, you know, a few friends and family and such who... Mm-hmm. Well, Th- you know, th- thanks, guys, for the support. Thanks. Also, this is our first episode with the new mic system, so mm-hmm. we're kind of... Uh, well, I am very happy about Co-creator it. Co-creator privilege. All the people that were on it so far know that it's been a mess recording with my phone, but uh, we have evolved. Here we go. This is the future. This is a new era of Thoughts for Free. All right. So the topic of today is going to be therapy. Yes. Which is a topic that, you know, is kind of tough to talk about for some people. So it's nice to kind of have you on and nice to have a brave guest like you. I don't know about brave, but I mean, it's, it's a big part of my life and it's helped me in so many ways. So I think it's kind of important to not even kind of like look past the taboo that might surround it but just kind of really just bring it out into the open and kind of be honest about it because some people even some people we both know really kind of struggle with kind of admitting or you know opening up about how therapy helps them or how it kind of makes them feel stuck or anything so I just just thought seen as it's something I'm comfortable talking about and something I would you know recommend to anybody who is out there struggling with anything, you know, in, in their minds or at home or anything, I just thought it might be a good idea to come on and talk about it. Mm, and it's interesting as well that um, w- I would have a good few conversations with some of my friends about, you know, just today's recording. And uh, s- the main kind of theme of these conversations is that we kind of see it as like such a weird taboo, kind of, because of how helpful it can be to people and how normal it really is when you when you when you sort of you know when you're sort of there and, and you experience it and especially if you have a good experience because yeah, obviously we can get into the bad experiences that some people may have but uh, it's we've just kind of seen it as this kind of weird taboo just like why is it a taboo and sort of like that's kind of the point of today I, I suppose. suppose it could be considered a taboo because it really kind of you're really delving into your own personal problems and you know issues so. I suppose hearing someone talk about their experience with therapy might be, you might feel like you're intruding on, you know, something that isn't, you know, not your life, you know, their own issues. You might not want to know about them or you might not feel comfortable knowing about them because you don't know if it's something you should know. Because a really, even though kind of social media has really kind of opened up life, everyone's life to each other's. There's still so much that goes on in each other's lives that you might never know about. You know, you could have a friend who just doesn't feel right in their skin at all. And you might never know that just because the way they are 
when they're amongst their friends or anything is just so completely different, they're so much more full of life, then they might feel at home. And so kind of, I suppose, my experience with talking to people about my time in therapy, which has been like two years now, is that sometimes they will feel, that they'll kind of close off, they'll want to kind of end the conversation. And it's happened with some very close friends, which kind of, I suppose in the moment, which is, which might be why, this might be why some people don't feel comfortable talking about it. In the moment it hurt that they didn't kind of react well to me telling them I was in therapy or at the time I was on antidepressants and stuff. And they kind of, their reaction was very negative and kind of, I felt kind of pushed away by them. So I suppose some people might not want to talk about it because they don't want to impose that feeling of kind of solitude upon someone who is, you know, going through therapy or something. Yeah, and I suppose you're out of time where you sort of need that support. Yes. And you need yeah, it to I be suppose. normalized. You need yeah. to be told that, hey, it's, you know, it is okay and, you know, I'll support you along the way, not like, ooh, I don't want to get into that. That's personal. Like, you know, you want them to sort of... Well, of know, course. And help. I mean, it's kind of... It, I, I suppose it really kind of defend, the, depends on your, your, your group's dynamic, your friend group's dynamic, or your family or anything. If you're all pretty, like, comfortable with, you know being emotional with each other then I suppose yeah. it's a lot easier to kind of open up to each other I mean so I, I know some some people just don't like doing that I suppose and I think that's very fair to say yeah, yeah. I mean I'll, I yeah. think so yes I've like you know of families that are more you know emotional like you're saying yeah, yeah, they're more course, comfortable with the emotional side of things and then some aren't well I would actually have to say mine isn't I mean that's for Probably the two people I've never really related my experiences in therapy to are my parents. That have hmm. really just it's never really come up in conversation. I suppose they ask from time to time, oh, you know, how's it going? You know, is it kind of? But you never got anything? through the how is it going to like yeah, actually I mean, talking about we just yeah. I don't I, I don't personally feel there's a need to kind of okay. open up for various reasons. I suppose at first it was mainly because I didn't want them to worry, which was which kind of created a big problem I suppose that was kind of mainly the start of the problem I suppose I was asked to go to therapy this was when I before I ever started going kind of regularly I was asked by a, a former girlfriend and my mother to go because they were they had gotten very worried about both my mental well-being and my physical well-being because I was just kind of I just dropped out of college I was kind of just I'd lost kind of sense of what I wanted to do in life and so I suppose they were it had just taken a massive toll on my will, on my mental health mainly, and that kind of translated into you know poor eating habits and such. And so they asked me, "Look, we would really appreciate it if you did this for yourself and for us." And I suppose after that, I didn't really want to tell them. When, once I started going, I didn't really want to tell them that, you know, what was going on, what I was talking about, you know, what what issues, you know, maybe even family related issues I was talking about. I didn't want to tell them because I didn't want them to worry. I didn't, that, I mean, and that kind of added another layer of stress to me. It kind of took me a while to get into a kind of um, healthy, shall we say, flow of going to therapy and talking and kind of dealing with issues outside of therapy and kind of really letting it kind of impact my life because I was so worried about having other people worry about me so it kind of just created this very poor cycle but I mean after I kind of got over that initial phase I really kind of I really noticed that having someone to guide me through kind of fixing my life I suppose really helped um, all of my I've been to I think three three therapists over the past two years just because of uh, I, I've moved from Galway to Dublin 
and kind of I had to figure out which you know locations and financial situations I kind of have to fi figure out who worked best for me and I found personally that they've never really kind of told me to do things you know to help myself they kind of guided me through you know how I should improve my my kind of perceptions on life and how I live my life and it's I think that was really the main help I got from therapy was that I wasn't being held on a leash they kind of they pointed things out in my life and said you know and I almost they almost didn't tell me to do anything about them they just right. kind of pointed them out and got me thinking about them and so then I went out and looked at them and saw how they affected me saw how they affected the way I, I live my life and then I decided to okay what could I kind of looking at it as a this is, something, this is something I used to do a lot. I kind of looked at it as a brick wall. And I kind of started seeing how, you know, each brick, if you will, wh whether it's issues or things I could do to change the issues, how each brick kind of affected the next layer of building up these walls. And walls can sometimes be seen as, um, you know, a negative thing. You, you know, you close people off with a wall. You kind of build a wall around yourself and don't let anyone in. But in my case, I think... I like to look at it as building a foundation for my mental health and my life. And so I really kind of, well, let's say um, surrounding my poor eating habits that I developed after dropping out of college, let's mm. say, that's a good example. I started looking at how I didn't want to eat because mainly I, I didn't want to take care of myself. So I didn't want to eat because it was just too much effort. I didn't see the importance of eating. And so I started looking at how okay, the things I enjoyed in my life were I liked spending time with my friends. And that I actually kind of lost touch with uh, quite a few of my friends around that time. But some of them stuck with me, and so I still had a chance to go see them every now and again. I wanted to spend time with them. So I needed the energy to spend time with them. And so I needed food, because otherwise, you know, I'd be hungry. I wouldn't have enough of a calorie intake to, uh, to just to live my life, kind of... Mm with the right amount of energy and so I would start eating some more and then I kind of just building blocks like that for me really helped me and I, I never I wasn't told to do these kind of things I was just pointed in the direction of okay here are some of the issues in your life go and fix them we want you, you we know you want to fix them go and fix them that actually ties in well with the man's search for meaning look on life have you ever read that book no it's it's sort of like what you're saying so that there is a meaning in your life which could be just friends being see them and how that just basically lifts your spirit and lifts everything around you and sort of affects everything else then so that was like the end goal which is to see your friends it's sure, funny like sure. it's a cool example actually because it's like i could see it work well that was that was actually one thing that kind of really kind of helped me out over the past two years is that i had different groups of people i liked i liked spending time with and the fact that i needed to improve my health and my well-being to spend time with them, which I wanted to do, that really kind of helped me kind of build a path for myself. At what point did you or do you think people should consider therapy? Because we go through, you know, ups and downs all the time. Of course, of course. But sort of what point do you think is... That's a very good question because it took me, I mean, it took yeah. me almost a year to, before oh. I started going to therapy after I dropped out, which is, it was almost immediate. As soon as I dropped out, 
I kind of, I suppose because of the way, um, you know, kind of secondary school kind of builds up everything for you. It's like, oh, you need to do well and you need, to, you know, I, I was never told in secondary school, you don't need to go to college. That doesn't have to be an option if you don't want to. So I suppose once I dropped out, I kind of just lost sense of what I was supposed to do, if you will. You know, I, I, I got a job for a very short period of time because it was just such an awful job. I won't mention the place or the owner or anything because that wouldn't be a very shout out to <laughs> your boy. But it was just such an awful thing. So I gave up on that immediately. Um, so that was another thing, an op another option off my list is I don't have a job. I don't want a job. It sucks, you know. So I just completely lost track of what I was supposed to, supposed to do with my life. I didn't have to do anything, but I felt like I had to. And so it took me almost a year to really kind of focus in on bettering my mental health through therapy and, you know, meditation and all that. And I suppose nowadays, after having gone through all that and having seen the ups and downs and all that, I suppose I would recommend that if a friend of mine, if a friend were to come to me with yeah. mental health issues and maybe self-harming or any kind of self-destructive behavior, I would say, look, you, you gotta go. Or you don't, okay, no, sorry, my apologies. You don't have to go. I would recommend they try it because it, it certainly isn't for everyone. Therapy isn't for everyone. I think there's a certain uh, state of mind you have to be in for therapy to work for you. And the way I would describe it from my experience is you have to be willing to both face the issues in your life and you know however hurtful they may be, and you have to be willing to be open to a stranger, a complete stranger that you've never, probably never seen before. The first time you walk into their, their office or their room or wherever it may be, you have to be open. And that's something I've seen quite a number of my friends struggle with, is that they just don't feel comfortable letting a stranger in into their life. And kind of maybe, maybe it's because they don't want to trust someone. You know, maybe it's a, that's the main issue in their life is that they have trust issues because of whether it's poor parenting or a, an abusive relationship or something. They don't trust someone, and so they don't want to let someone in. And that's the crucial part of therapies. You have to trust that this person is going to help you, they'll guide you, and if you can't do that, then it, you, it's just not going to work. You could go through years of therapy and not get any better. And so I suppose I would say, if a friend came to me in, you know, in need of emotional support, I would say, look, go to your GP and ask for names of, you know, whether it's psychotherapists or psychoanalysts in the area, and, and you know, a bus right away and you know mm. we'll try go maybe once if you don't feel it at all you don't have to go again we can try someone else then if you want to go twice sure you know if you want to write it out fine if it doesn't work if you don't feel I've always felt kind of immediately trusting of any of the counselors or therapists I've been to just because I, I suppose I wanted to get better even though kind of I had very conflicting thoughts in my head of whether there was a point in getting better or right. whatever. Yeah. I kind of immediately said, look, here, is, here are my issues. Please help me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which is kind of, you know, some people might argue that that's not the way, you know, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be looking to someone else to help you. But I would, I would say, look, try it out. If it doesn't work, you know, there are 
endless other options you can try, you know, other things like meditation, or, you know, whatever, exercising. There's so many things that can improve your mental health. But I suppose I would say, I mean, even, okay, let's say it wasn't so, such a drastic, the first time they come to me, it's not as drastic. There's no self-harm, there's nothing. They're just saying, okay, look, I'm feeling down, feeling, I'm not feeling motivated, let's say. I would say, okay, well, is it affecting your life negatively? Are you going to lectures or are you seeing your friends? Are you eating relatively well? It doesn't have to be, you know, five-star right. diet, you know, all the greens and veg and whatever. Are you, you know, do you feel like you can function is the main thing I would say. Once your mental health and your moods kind of get in the way of your day-to-day -day life and the way you live your life, I suppose that's when you should consider going to someone or looking for ways to help yourself mm. get better, if right. that answers your question. No, it does. Yeah, yeah. It does very well so as well. Um, on the thought of, um, you, you were saying, you know, you can, we can try a therapist one day and then, you know, if it doesn't work out, we can go somewhere else. And you would have experience with that of having different therapists. I wonder how the relationship between you and the therapist how important is it in the whole process of therapy? Yeah, okay. Well, again, I think it kind of comes down. I've never had, I, I've heard of people having issues with, you know, it's not the right person, but I've never had that. Because again, I think my, the mentality I had going into any of my therapists was, look, I need help. Can you help me? Fair. So I think it's... So you did kind of give yourself in, yes, in a way. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, 100% let them in on any kind of things I was so embarrassed that it brought me down anything I kind of just said look here's what happened sometimes it would kind of be a struggle sometimes it is a struggle to this day sometimes my therapist will say look four weeks ago because they kind of I've never seen a therapist take notes but they have either they do take notes once you left hmm. or they have the best memory going because right. sometimes they'll say okay look four weeks ago you mentioned in passing this one incident that happened three years ago where someone left you a note or something. And it's, and I'll be, and they're like, they'll ask me, look, can we go into that? And I'm like, oh, I'd actually, be, the reason I didn't bring it up fully last time was because it is such a touchy subject. You know, even just sometimes going back in time through your memories, through your emotions, it is very harrowing. It is very difficult because, you know, some of those things are still so vivid in your memory that, they hurt as much the second time around you or any time you think of them. So it can be very difficult, but I suppose that's part of the challenge of facing up to your issue, you know, any issues you have or any qualms you have about yourself. It is about kind of facing them. That does go back to the thing you were saying is that, you know, do give it a go for a day. If it doesn't work out, you can leave, but, but also it'd be, it'd be, probably worthwhile sticking it out because it does build like there's only so much you can talk about in an hour with somebody or in two so then you know the more you do it then they might be able to see more patterns of you so you might give up after the first session because they you didn't get anywhere and you probably won't get too you know too far on the first lesson or in the first uh, session um but so that's the that's the hard part of just you know i'm gonna stick it out maybe maybe give yourself I don't know, give yourself a, a, a number like that you're going to stick course, out with or something yeah. like that just to keep yourself going. But uh, no, that's, yeah. Uh, I will say, um, I don't know, it kind of, but, you know, to, to stay on that, um, you know, going once right. issue. I've never seen a male therapist. So I don't know if I would like 
fat. You know, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable. I had a male therapist. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. But did you kind of feel a good dynamic there? or? I I did. Yeah. I think he was very good. Okay. I think he was quite, um, like, I think he was quite logical. Sure. I don't know how to explain that sure. in terms of, like, A plus B equals C. And that's the way I would think. Like, I would need to see, like this is the problem, it causes you this in life, this is, you know, what it's going to lead to. So this is, another, you know, this is a way to yeah, yeah. sort of get around it. So he was very um, well paired up to me. I okay, think. fair enough. Well, yeah, but so I've never seen a male therapist. If I did, I don't know. You mm. know, there is a chance I wouldn't feel comfortable talking to a guy he was quite, at all. He was quite feminine. <laughs> okay, sure, yeah, sure. I remember that. Sure. Okay. I think that put me on ease a bit, I think. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, it's a funny thing to bring up, but yeah, I think it's yeah. it's a I think it's a kind of interesting. I mean, yeah, it could be kind of related to you know Oedipus complexes and all that. But you know, what, whatever. You know, that that is something I've thought about. Is that oh, you know, maybe I'm just looking for another mother figure in my life. You know, yeah. that's why I that's why I feel so comfortable talking to female therapists. I don't I don't know. I don't maybe. know. Kind of, maybe should yeah. try it out one day. Go go to a male therapist. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I've always had a very good experience with it anyway. I was gonna, yeah. I don't really want to get too into yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, mine funny. isn't that interesting, you see. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say mine is either. I guess I, I guess I've stuck it out, you know, yeah. for like uh, long yeah. enough that I have enough things. To say. I've noticed enough changes in my behavior and right. in the ways I kind of react to someone telling me your life is a mess that uh, <laughs> I, mm. I kind of might might be able to. I think mine had a huge effect on my life okay. and it definitely was the first domino if you get me sure, like and sure. it, just, of course, it was of just course. like a huge like I can always go back to it now even about two three years after it and could say that that was where it started like sure. and so it's definitely a vital one but it's not very interesting because I only had two sessions yeah okay and it yeah, just no, made me realize what I have fine, to do yeah. and I just ended up kind of acting on the advice and then just kind of went from there sure, yeah that's what's the it's, like. it's different for me i don't know anything about this next thing i want to bring up sure. what's the danger of relying too much on it because you would have experience in it Ooh. just because you're there longer yeah you know not just five weeks you know whatever blah blah but you've been there something i initially noticed after after i think six months with my first therapist is that I found it very difficult to talk to other people. I guess because I was going twice a week at that point because it was quite intense. And I wasn't kind of in the first three months, I still wasn't, let's say, uh, socially rehabilitated. So I wasn't really talking to anyone else except maybe my family and some very, very, very close friends. So I was kind of very limited in my social interactions. So I suppose after six months, when I first kind of started going, I started working is where I first noticed it really. I started at a job, my first job in you know, a very long time, where I felt ready to start working again. And I noticed that I, I just couldn't have like a regular kind of chit-chat conversation with anyone because I just hadn't had one in so long. Like small talk? Yeah, small talk was completely gone because I, all I'd been talking about was how I felt and, you know, any, any, very, all, any and all very intense emotional kind of conversations I'd been mm-hmm. having kind of just overtook every other social interaction I had in my life. So I suppose that, that, that's kind of a, a very minor thing you might experience. You know, I got over that pretty quickly. But I suppose relying on a therapist, I suppose you kind of, that's, that's why I, I specified earlier that what I found from all my therapists is that they guided me rather than kind of, you know, 
I, I didn't necessarily rely on them. They didn't let me rely on them, I suppose. Mm. They, they, I, you know, I would congratulate them all cool. in my very own way. Mm. But they all kind of told me, they didn't tell me, they didn't tell me anything. They pointed me in different directions and, you know, I got to choose whichever I wanted. So I always felt very self-reliant and I felt like I was doing the improving and that they were just kind of there to help me along. And, you know, if I had a bad week, they'd say, you know, sure, but, you know, let's keep working. You know, let's keep talking. Let's keep trying to fix things. Let's keep trying to have you fix things. So I suppose if you were in, you know, going to the therapist who, you know, you really kind of relied on to point you in directions and tell you what to do, which sometimes, sometimes I do. I do want to know, you know, what do you think I should do right now? Here's my situation. You know, I, I can't do this thing. I, you know, I want to improve on this thing, but this is also getting in the way. What do you think I should do? Or, you know, what do you think of this situation? I, sometimes I do want to know that because, I mean, you know, I just want some answers sometimes. Um, but if that's all you were doing in therapy, uh, I guess you would end up feeling very lost regardless of whether or not you kept going because you hadn't, you wouldn't have made any improvements on your own, I suppose. That's, that's the way I would see it. Right. It's kind of, you've got to really stay on top of it and really make it about your improvement rather than your therapist improving you, I suppose. Yeah, fair. So you would kind it. of say that, well, you can't really rely on them too much you, because you're not yeah. relying on them in the first place. Yes. Because of I the suppose. process. Like, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, let's say I, I, had to, I had to leave my first therapist because I, I moved to Dublin hmm. for college. I haven't seen her in, you know, over a year. So if I had been relying on her solely for any kind of mental aid that I was getting, suddenly she wouldn't have been there anymore. I probably would have, you know, completely collapsed, mm. you know, emotionally or something. So I suppose, yeah, no, you've really got to make it about you improving yourself through guidance rather than them improving you, I suppose. Mm. That's the way I would see it. I can't, I can't really imagine... I mean, you know, to be, you know, kind of silly about it, I suppose if you developed feelings for your therapist or something, that would create an, an, you know, an entire dynamic that would be very problematic. But the way I would see it is that's, that's kind of the main issue you might encounter, is that you're not interacting with them in the right way, I suppose. Mm. Fair. I wanted to, I was going to finish on, on like some of the tips maybe you wanted to give but you really touched on a few, like, um, but some things that, like, or maybe certain attitudes towards sessions that would have made it worse or better, kind of, in your own experience. I know you've talked about um, sort of, you know, being open and letting, you know, trusting the, you know, the therapist, but is there anything else that you would avoid or is there anything you would... um, I would I I kind of like to going into sessions kind of knowing what I want to talk about kind of because I mean that's kind of the way you know I want to let's say something came up during my week that really bothers me I want to be able to talk about that so I'll think about it for hours and hours and hours and kind of you know figure it try and try and do all the you know kind of connect all the dots myself and then kind of bring it to them and then you know they can say they can tell me oh you missed this thing oh but what about this you know they can point out the holes in it and whatnot but sometimes I might take it too far and I'll kind of catch myself in a cycle of thinking about one thing extremely negatively. And I'll come into a session with the expectation of feeling awful uh. by the time it ends. 
and then when it does end, I feel awful. I, you know, I complete. I feel like everything is completely worthless. I've wasted my time and money going to a therapist. You know, it's kind of. I suppose one thing I would avoid, you know, going to therapy is completely overthinking therapy. Uh, you know, just go in there if you can. If you can, just go in there, and just look. Here's what's going on. If you don't have anything to talk about, I mean, it's kind of up to you. You can you can just sit there in silence until something comes up in your mind, and that's happened to me a few times. I try and kind of really avoid that because I do. I, there's you know I, I mean I think a lot, and there's constantly things I want to talk about or some, things that make me feel different ways. So there are a lot of things I, I do want to get out of the way and bring up and such. So it is I I prefer to avoid silence. But sometimes it is necessary to kind of just sit there, and something will kind of just pop up out of out of nowhere—an issue, a childhood issue that you'd never thought of, or something this one person said that has stuck with you for years that you just didn't kind of—it just came up because of the silence. You know, it's kind of up to you. I, I would personally recommend not overthinking it, kind of going in there, you know, hoping and expecting. It to help you rather than, you know, you know. I, I would say go in there with a positive attitude, saying this is helping me, this is making me improve myself in any small way. Because I mean, sometimes it will take months to improve one little aspect of your life, and I mean that's kind of that's part of the reality of therapy that would really suck is that it takes time. It really does. So go in there, you know, with a positive attitude. Try and be as open as you can, as open as you feel you can be comfortably, and I guess just you know, hopefully, it all kind of works out for you in the end. I suppose that's really good, man. Thanks for that, and no it's, it's nice for the nice for anyone listening as well. And, and like that, um, the one thing I was thinking there is that you know, you do bring up the thing of like, you know, if you can come to a therapist and things like that. Anyone listening here, like, there's good few people from you know colleges and things like that there is a service in NUIG actually that does therapy and and sort of they they you know you can come in and sort of um get yourself evaluated if you want to call that the scary word um you know answer a couple of questions see see how you're doing you know and uh it can definitely be a place that can help you a lot which is actually the place I went to as well which I would speak highly of like yourself about your own uh, therapist but Fan questions. Oh. oh my god. I just have one. That's okay. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it starts off with a quote, just okay. a statement that therapy can heal. You know, it's, sure. it's cool. It's a nice statement. But what about prevention? So what about you sort of, you know, before the problem arises and things like that? But it actually goes to a specific sure, sure, example. Sure, sure. Of course, of course. So, so you know, this, 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 um, this person was kindly enough to really give a specific example we can work with so it's you know technology and internet are taking over so we're forgetting how to live in the moment sort of embracing today now and all this so much time is you know given to technology and internet and especially this problem affects children and young people these days so his question really then is after this kind of preface it is what would you have to say to parents very relevant question, unfortunately, to these um, to this day, I suppose. But I suppose kind of having people spend more time using technology is just somewhat inevitable, seeing how much we've advanced in technology over the even the past decade. I mean, 
you know, or right. even 20 years, massively in 20 years. So I suppose, and actually this is kind of relevant to me because a few months ago I actually got, I kind of got involved in this uh, culture, this, you know, kind of subculture cult, you know, that revolves around the outdoors and movement and such. So, I mean, for parents, I suppose, just kind of, they have to, I mean, obviously I can't really, you know, say much. I'm not sure. a parent, I, you know, I'm, I'm only 20. I haven't, you know, lived, you know, maybe half as much as some parents have. But you gotta answer the question. Well, no, of course, of course. So what I would say, <laughs> so what I would say to parents is just kind of, you know, put your kid in the middle of any situation without a tablet and see kind of, most kids will find something to do. You know, whether it's they climb a tree or they, you know, they start looking at an anthill for hours on end, you know, their, their mind is probably creating a whole universe re revolving around these ants that you, you couldn't even imagine, you couldn't even begin to explore. Kids are so incredibly creative and imaginative and curious. They're so curious about this magical world they live in. Cause from my experience, I, I, live, I spent the past Last year, uh, I, I lived in Diggs, and I was I lived with two kids, and unfortunately, you know, they were playing. You know, one they were eight and ten. They were playing, you know, GTA Five and Call of Duty, and you know, all you know, pretty intense games, and you know, that's kind of what their worlds revolved around. But I remember, you know, playing, you know, a water. We had a water gun fight for about an hour and a half one day when hmm. the sun was shining, and this this young child was just so alive, just having, you know, something, he could, you know, I could have given him a balloon with water and, you know, he could have been squirting the water at me oh. and he would have had just as much fun. This is, kids, I think, I, this is my opinion from spending time with kids and mm -hmm. kind of seeing how they work. They just love having freedom to do things, to explore, to try and understand things. They want to understand that's I think that's a very innate human quality is we we want to understand what we're doing the world around us and I suppose for parents I I mean if it's a, a if it's a case of you're worried about you know worried that your child might get hurt falling out of a tree you know there there's so many ways to work around safety issues but what I would say is just your kid is meant to move it's he's you know your kid is meant to live just you know, make a safe environment for them to climb walls or run around and they will do that and they will enjoy it. You know, I mean, I'm, I grew up, you know, reading books rather than watching television. Buy them books with, you know, encyclopedias, with pictures and stuff. Just let them explore the world they live in, even though, you know, if they, they might never go to South America, but let them read a book about Aztecs with mm. loads of pictures about the temples and, you know, drawings. Just let them explore, you know. Sure, it's very useful having this tool that will take up hours of their, you know, time, whether it's a phone or, you know, a gaming console or a TV. It's very useful having that. It kind of gets them out of your hair. But I personally would see that as a disservice. So just let your kids explore, live. Let them go for runs in the green if you live in a you know, in an estate, if you live by a forest, you know, organize half an hour, you know, twice a week where they can, you know, put on their wellies and jackets, you know, run around. You, you, you know, it's just half an hour. You can be there for half an hour while the dinner is in the oven. 
you can watch them run around. You can take your book there. You can, you can have your phone there if you want to. Just let them live, let them explore. And that's actually something I think, I think unfortunately because of the way kids are being, being brought up now with you know, so much technology around them, I think we will probably, and I hope, I hope we won't, but there is a probability that we will see a lot more mental health issues in the next 10 to 20 years around for young people. So hopefully we can avoid that, but I think, yeah, I think prevention is a big part of the issue, I suppose. Wow, a really good message, man. No, it's very good. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> um, if you are, for some reason, still listening, thank you. Thank you very much. And thanks for coming, Sam. It was a pleasure Thanks having you. Peter. Anytime.